Dr. Homebrew is brought to you by Five Star Chemicals, providing safety and cleaning supplies for brewing, distilling, and winemaking at fivestarchemicals.com. Dr. Love. Stand aside, nurse. I'm Dr. Homebrew. Yes, it's Dr. Homebrew. We're back, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. I have uh, with me, as always, Brian and Keith. They are our master BJCP judges. Yes. I don't have to call you master, like Master Brian and Master Keith, because that would be... (laughs) That's what my grandma used to write on the cards I would get when I was a kid. Master Brian. Oh, that was pretty cool. Yeah. I keep forgetting about... What's the... um, Female equivalent. It's mistress. I looked it up. Mistress. Mistress. Ooh. And then, so then I feel uncomfortable like writing that to my nieces. Like, oh, <laughs> aren't we supposed to be like Doctor Homebrew or something? Who Who is actually the doctor? JP, are you the doctor there, here? No, there. I don't know. Doctor Homebrew just lives. He's. Just, it's just an entity. It's. It, we're like Voltron. It's Jonathan. Jonathan is our our resident <laughs> doctor tonight, right? Right. I feel like we're just, you know, we just, we exist inside of Dr. Homebrew. <laughs> Dr. Homebrew just is. Right, Brian? Yeah. Yeah. There's a book. <laughs> There's a book. They're not related to us at all. Not at all. No. We wouldn't. It's like a steampunk uh, novel literate. of some sort. You have to be yeah, literate to write it shit. I bought a copy. It's interesting. <laughs> of course you did. Did you, did you read it at the, at the spa? <laughs> day spa? Day no. spa. Day spa, Brian. You can't already. read uh, the day spa because you have cucumbers on your eyes, right? Someone that's re- true. But someone reads it to him. They're hindering me. <laughs> right. he, she, he has uh, Alicia come in and sit by his side while he's in the mud bath with the cucumbers on his eyes drinking cu- cu- cucumber water. Come cut some holes in these cucumbers <laughs> so I can read my book. <laughs> I can check you out, girl. Uh, we have a cool show for you guys today. Uh, we, it's been a while since we've done anything interesting. No, um, <laughs> it's been a while since we've done a commercial calibration. So today, uh, of course, Pliny the Elder, right? Pliny the Elder, that's what it is. Uh, it's everywhere right now, so it must have just been released. And uh, we have a bottle of it. We have a keg of it on tap. So we're going to do a commercial calibration for Pliny. But we also have Dan, who was on our last show, happened, just happened, just wasn't planned at all, happened to brew a, pl- a clone, a clone of Pliny the Plelder. Uh, so, so it's Dan- an all IPA show, JP. Yeah, it's all, all Pliny all the time, IPO. and I just want to put my head through a wall. You feel good, don't you? Yeah. Well, at least this IPA is, like, not cloudy and milky and has lactose and fucking yeah. mango and applesauce added to it. That shit makes me want to puke. But that. Is there any applesauce in the, the kitchen? <laughs> there might be, dude. You never know. Yeah. You never know. Speaking of culinary delights like applesauce and beer, um, I got a pizza oven at my house. Oh, nice. So I've been I've been eating pizzas. I've we eaten pizza yeah. four times this last week. Oh, man. Yeah, so I hope I don't have it, any sort of, like, I think it's allergy. outside. Yeah, it's a rock box is what it's called. And it's cool. uh, pricey, but it was, oh, man, it was worth it. You Recommend know? it, yeah. Yeah, it's cool, man. I really dig it. We're just we're, we're trying to figure it out right now, just kind of, like, what temperature everything goes at and, you know, how to get the, the crust really nice and crispy on the bottom but not fry everything on top and... 
Mm-hmm. So I assume you're throwing in just frozen, like, the Giorno pizzas. <laughs> yeah, Red Baron. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, I mean, Red the Baron. same thing. Tombstone, when we can afford it. But that's, you know, we bought a pizza oven, so we're broke now. Yeah. Pizza ovens are cool, man. But what's what's interesting, like, living out in Oakley, in the valley, I guess, is that there's a fuck ton of bugs. Hmm. And I had no idea. But we live kind of like across from this like park and a pond, like this big, you know, big uh, lawn, I guess, right? Park, and uh, I don't know. They're just they just swarm at night out outside. Off so the I have delta or something. Yeah. I don't know what. I think they're just they're just they live on like the grass or whatever. But uh-huh. the lights come on and they just they just go, oh. man. So I had to buy um, those uh, like flypaper strips mm-hmm. hanging from the lights outside, and then I bought a bug zapper and I put it on a table like out by the fence. And I turned that shit on, man, and I'm used to these bug zappers that just would pop. Yeah. You know what I mean? They, they would zap, and you hear it, and you're like, oh, that's it's really great. <laughs> it's like a redneck uh, you know, yeah. Nintendo or something. But these are, like, silent. They just, they, like, hit this grid, and uh, huh. and they just kind of, like, sizzle. And you don't hear anything. And I didn't think huh. it was really working. I was like, fuck, this isn't really, like... Huh attracting bugs what the fuck's going on then you see a pile of yeah and then i go look at it there's a pile and they're like mashed up on the thing and so today i uh scrape them off and put them on the pizza yes (laughs) sprinkle protein is very good uh i i i I go uh grab the thing you know obviously when it's off today to like shake it out and i'm shaking it out and it was like a fucking pepper grinder dude it was just all these bugs started falling out and it was kind of gross Hmm. But uh, kind of made me feel good for like helping the neighborhood, uh, uh, you know, eradicate the uh, the bug infestation. Man, I had no idea living in the country would would yeah. would, would involve so much uh, bug life. Country stuff. Yeah, country stuff. I moved to California, you know, from Minnesota to get away from all the the flying bugs. Do you got a lot of flying bugs out there? Well, mosquitoes and stuff. Oh, yeah. yeah. I felt like, yeah, moving to San Francisco, there's, like, no bugs at all. It's so weird. You're like, what? what where no, but you, have, like, but you have human shit on the corner, yeah, so have- I'm, I'm okay with the bugs. <laughs> My grandparents lived you in Southern. You can get hepatitis C just walking to the store in San Francisco. You know, in Southern California, just and, and we would go there, and we're like, there are no mosquitoes out here. We're standing outside, and we can play. <laughs> And we're not getting eaten alive. Not this is great. I want to live here someday. Homos do that in San Francisco, but you stand outside and it's nighttime and it's like 50 degrees. Like, okay, time to go back inside. <laughs> right. yep, yep. Yeah. Wrap up or get back inside. I don't know, man. It's weird. Um, okay, let us talk about... Uh, should we take a... No, let's not take a break. Let's just get into a beer. Let's what did we decide to do? Are we going to talk to Dan about his Pliny clone first? We're tasting Dan's Pliny clone. Double Dan, IP. how's it going, man? Again. Still going great. Still going Thank great? You. All right. Well, for the people who jump around, you, we don't know who you are. We've never yeah. seen you before. It's fine. Um, so you've done a Pliny the Elder clone, and have you done this beer before? Yeah, I've done a few of them. Okay. Are you, uh, do you, do you rebrew them and change things, or did you kind of nail it off the first jump and you're just rebrewing it now? Uh. It's probably about my fourth one that I brewed. Okay. Uh, everything I changed a little bit. Okay. Uh, this one I mashed higher, which is the first time I've done that with the Pliny clone. Okay. Uh, a little maltier than I'd like. Okay. All right. Um, so when you're changing different stuff, are you just doing the home brewing thing of like, like whenever I brew, I, I walk in with my recipe and I have to fight myself to not change it on the fly, or are you trying to just improve it every time because you had you thought there was, there was some perceived flaw or something like that? Well, this one, uh, 
Vinny's always been pretty open with his recipes. Mm-hmm. Uh, this one was posted by a uh, forum member that I'm on that was supposedly the exact recipe from Pliny. Um, I decided to go ahead and brew it. Like I said, the mash temp was a little higher than I'm used to. Okay. So I thought that was a little weird. And uh, Were the other ones just ones that you put together? Uh, based on a bunch of stuff on yeah. the internet. And okay. Vinny's recipes that he's actually handed out over the years in a BYO. They change. They change. Yeah. I remember working at, uh, at More Beer when we first got the first Pliny recipe. We're like, oh, shit. This is rad. We were the first as far as... Well, no, he hit, no, he handed it out, I think, at AJ. Anyway. Um, and then, you know, f- three or four years later, it's it's a different recipe. And people be like, well, that's not, that's not really Pliny. Well, it, it was. Now it's not anymore. But, uh, you know, a lot of commercial recipes change. Hops change, grain changes, all that kind of stuff. So, uh, okay, well let's uh, let's get right into this. Who who has who has a beer for me to drink? You want beer? Wow. You want us to pour you beer? <laughs> Keith failed in his job, in his pouring job. I didn't know that was my job. So We're still. Well, you're closest to the beer. Uh, you know, it's fine. He's got a fresh can over there. He's going to crack a can for us. That's right. Yeah, Dan the canner, a resident canner. We're going to be coming over and bringing like you know. Kegs of beer to can over at your house now. This might be a dumb question, Dan, but you can't reuse the cans, right? That's a no go. That's a no go. You can right. recycle them. Well, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Aside from recycling them, you can't reuse them. Oh God! Oh my God! Thank you. Okay. All right. Because that would be uh, that would be dope. I want to be good for the environment. Yeah. Well, just to like, no, like, you know, pop the top off and then, and then refill it and resubmit, I guess. I don't know. Anyway, uh, Brian, why don't you go ahead and, uh, yeah. and start us off here, my friend? Okay. Um, in the aroma, I'm getting a moderate hop aroma with a, a light kind of tropical and dank and a little bit of pine, slightly resiny. Um, could be fresher and more prominent would be nice for the style, but uh, it's you know it's definitely a hoppy beer, medium fruity esters. It's kind of got a, a juicy fruit gum like impression to me. Um, the esters are are really coming through on this one. Um, no diacetyl, definitely prominent alcohol here. I mean it should be about an eight percent or so, but I found that it was a little maybe a little more than than hoped. A little a little slight bit of solvent. But otherwise, it seems like a pretty clean ale fermentation. Um, Appearance-wise, it's a deep golden-colored, you know, beer almost towards amber, uh, but but you know, pretty rich, rich gold and fairly clear. Low whitish head that faded soon after pouring, mostly finer bubbles. Um, in the flavor, it's it's again kind of fruity and malty. For a hoppy beer, I was expecting you know, and there's some bitterness there. But uh, less of the hop flavor than, than than hoped. It's got kind of a medium hop flavor with notes of pine and resin, and okay, and then and the malt comes through. It's not intensely sweet. It finishes kind of medium dry, I would say. But uh, you know, the hop bitterness is is also kind of medium high up there. It's uh, and the alcohol is definitely high. It's it's a little alcoholic. Uh, not intensely hot, but uh, a little higher than you'd, you'd want. Seems like maybe a higher temp ale ferment uh, going on here or something. But uh, 
or maybe slightly unhappy yeast kicking out a little bit more than you bargained for. Um, definitely balanced to the hops, though, still, even though despite the, the maltiness and the, the slight edge of a little bit of sweetness in there. But, you know, mostly mostly dry finish uh, still. Um, body-wise, it's a medium light-bodied, uh, moderate alcohol warming in the back of the throat. It has this, a little hint of astringency, possibly from the hops. Uh, it's not very creamy or smooth. It's pretty drying. It's pretty intense. Overall, I thought that you know this is a pleasant double IPA. It's it it tastes more like maybe an a slightly aged version. Some of the the hops are a little more muted than expected. They're not um, super stale or che- you know they're not cheesy tasting or anything like that. They're just they're there. Uh, they're fairly fresh, but it's they've kind of seems like they've faded or just just weren't high enough to start with. The alcohol component detracts a little bit because you feel like you're just, you know, it's, a, it's not like paint thinner or anything, but you're tasting a little more alcohol than you really want. This beer should just go down super smooth and just whoosh, dry off and, and, and you want another sip. So it's a little more, you know, it's not barley wine-ish, but it's more slightly towards that uh, that aspect of things. The drinkability is is key to the style. You need to really have it nice and dry. Um, so, you know, I definitely pull the alcohol back with a not not the alcohol level but the the hotness with a, a huge yeast pitch super healthy super vigorous um and then for the hops just bump up those late and whirlpool hops um you could dial back the bitterness just a touch and it feels like i don't know maybe the bitterness is just coming through more because of what's absent there but um it's not offensive it's just it's like bitter and slightly, slightly sweet but definitely dry out that body a little bit more um, the water seems like it's good. It seems like you built up. I know you build up your water, as we talked about on the last episode. Um, seems like the water is good for it. Uh, you know, you got some sulfates in here, kind of playing playing off the hops, and that's fine. But uh, it's not like a super minerally water or a super, um, you know, no mineral water. But <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I, I gave it a, a thirty-two. I thought this is, it's a it's a very good beer. It just needs a little yeah. more dialing in and uh, just has a, you know clean up a little bit more, bring up that hop especially, and it's going to be a really nice beer. Perfect. Keith, what do you think, man? Okay, medium strong citrus and pine notes. I get some notes of orange too. Uh, some low vegetal tea like uh, character. Medium low malt with a hint of biscuit. Uh, I thought fermentation is very is pretty clean. I, I am getting uh, that. I think you did a great job of describing that, the juicy fruit sort of character. I think that, that pretty much yeah, hits it, it is. on the head. The, I taste, mean, the, taste, the taste is going to move. That yeah. gum is still around. Someday it'll be gone and no one will know what we're talking about. Juicy fruit starts to move you. It's going to move. Yeah. The yeah. taste is so. It gets right to you. Juicy fruit. The taste, the taste, the taste okay. is going to move you. Moving, moving on. <laughs> moving you move on. Move you on. Uh, deep gold, nearly perfectly clear. Big white head with medium retention. Carbonation looks pretty good on it. Overall, pretty pretty uh, good-looking beer, uh, again, uh, from Dan. Um, strong pine and herbal notes. Bitterness is significant, but appropriate. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, I'd probably say medium strong uh, pine and herbal notes. Um, but the bitterness, I didn't think, was really coarse. So there was a pretty significant amount of bitterness, but it wasn't coarse. This is going back to water, probably profiles again. I didn't really feel like it was super coarse, so which is which is a good thing. Uh, sweetness is is medium plus. 
Uh, I didn't think it was out of place necessarily. I didn't. I didn't necessarily. You know, anything that's like a barley wine sort of sweetness, no. but it is on the the high end. I think no. for a, a double IPA style, mm. uh, fermentation pretty clean. Once again, you know that that juicy fruit character. I think is is a uh, is something that. That starts to move you. It does start to move you. I think it wouldn't move you necessarily if you had a little more hop expression. It would be a little bit harder to mm. detect that. That's okay. it, yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, moving on. It's going to move you. Uh, anyway, uh, I thought it was appropriate, though. I mean, I didn't think that the, the, the esters were really that far out of place. So, you know, like I said, they could be toned down a little bit, but I think there's other issues with the beer. I would I would probably look at improving first. Uh, finish is fairly dry, and balance, obviously, is toward the hop bitterness. Uh, medium body, medium high carbonation with medium, medium high warming, all appropriate. Uh, if not, you know, a little bit high on the alcohol side. Um, I I found this to be like sort of a middle of the road double IPA. Um, it was clean overall. Uh, you know, not, not no diacetyl, no acetaldehyde, no phenols, um, but really needs a, a fresher or or bigger hop expression. Um, I think to me the hops tasted a little old. Uh, once again, not cheesy old, but just not you know, not really popping you mm-hmm. know, in in the glass here, and uh, even come across as a little vegetal to me. Um, I like the bitter finish, but I think probably even dial that back just a tiny bit would improve this. But I would consider just, you know, looking at your hop sourcing, uh, where you're getting your hops and how they're being stored, I think is really important for a beer like this. And, you know, every, you know, once in a while, like, you know, switch it up and go to a different newer hop that packs a little more punch. But, um, you know, being that's a, a Pliny clone, just make sure you have, you want to keep it close to Pliny as possible, make sure you have the... The, the freshest hops available, and uh, you know you're handling them well, keeping them in the freezer, uh, oxygen, you know, barrier, you know, all that sort of stuff. Uh, you know, make sure they're not being exposed to oxygen. Uh, overall, I also gave it a 32. Mm-hmm. Okay, very good. Yeah. Now about that that mash temperature, you, um, the one I have um, it was from um, from Zymergy, July August 2009. And um, you know they interviewed Vinny for, it, and the, the the recipe calls for a mash of one fifty one to one fifty two for an hour. So yeah, the if it went to one one fifty four, that's I would say that's definitely a little high. When I'm doing double IPAs, you know, and you you add enough um, you know dextrose in there too, get the corn sugar going uh, to uh, to dry out the body as well. But then one fifty one is. To me, kind of a you know a good place to be, or even one forty eight, one forty nine, if you want to just go there and really dry it out. But uh, okay, that's my, one thing you can well, do. My, my double IPA tend to finish drier than my regular IPAs, which is kind of funny. Yeah, um, but uh, I was supposed try to, to use the dextrose and yeah, definitely low mash temps. So. Yeah. Right. Well, let's talk to Dan a little bit about it. Uh, Dan, what do you think about the? Uh, well, I guess let's start with the mash temperature. What did you mash at? So this one was uh, 154, which is higher than I've ever done. Yeah, but you were just following the recipe. I was following what I got off the internet. Okay. Um, Usually I do the fucking internet, dude. Got to watch out. Yeah, it it can it can uh, (laughs) can fuck you up. Raise you on a throne or kill you real (laughs) quick. Right. But I uh, find it can move you as well, which is one of the things. (laughs) Well, let's not get too weird about it. By the time we get done with all these, it's gonna move me. I can. The other ones I've done have been about 151, 150, and they've came out a little drier, less malty. The hops shine through a little more. Um, I I preferred them more to this one. Um, 
But this wasn't a horrible beer, but, you know. I, I no, it's know. very drinkable. Yeah. Uh, it's also almost 8%, so, you know. But uh, you definitely do taste the alcohol content in it. Um, so if I do another one, or I will do another one, there's no question on that. Uh, yeah. It'll be a lower mash temperature. Lower so. mash temp. Okay. Absolutely. Now, Keith was uh, was picking about the hops. Uh, how did you bitterness, handle or? those? No, like the, 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 the hops, freshness. Freshness, yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. So, what I, would you say to that? Uh, what, how would you address? Pretend he's right here. What would you say to him? <laughs> well, I'm gonna have to think about this. One. What part of his body are you gonna punch? Right. No, but you know what I mean. Like, like, uh, can you address any sort of like how the hops were handled? Maybe you know, maybe um, there's where, something. Where do you there. get your? Without saying any names of of companies, where do you get your hops? Well, I can tell you this: I get my hops online. I buy them in bulk, so I usually buy a pound at a time. Mm-hmm. Uh, once they get to my house, uh, I keep them in the freezer. Once I open them, I also have a chamber vacuum sealer with nitrogen purging, so they're stored the way they should be. Okay. Um, so I, I just think here it was I, – I think the biggest part of this was the mash temperatures. You know, it, that's my perspective on it. Um you know. And it could be. I mean, you know, if it's if it's throwing your uh, your your malt profile off, right? I mean, that could that could uh, cover some hops up and kind I of smash some stuff. It could be that it's not the actual you know the, the quality of the hops, but it could just be the the way you're handling them in the brewing process. I mean, like right now we're t- we we poured you know just a heads up we poured a bottle of Pliny the Elder, and and granted at this point uh, they probably don't have this year's. Hop crop yet? I don't think it's been prioritized right. yet to, for this bash to come out. But you can see the hops on this really are are jumping a lot more than the hops. I mean, I'm not sure the what was what was the age of the one that you're that you're that you gave us. So these were uh, 2016 hops. Okay. Mm-hmm. No, no, I mean, but the, the beer. When did you brew the beer? Like, when was the beer brewed? Uh, probably about two months ago. Yeah. 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 I mean, that could that could be something. That, this, these are. I think the bottle we're drinking right now was uh, bottled on nine. Uh, twenty one. Um, so what? You know, a little, little. On it, but I guess I don't know. Nine twenty one. A week ago. Yeah. Yeah. So it's week old beer. Wow. Week old in terms of bottles. That, that probably has a big, big factor in it. Yeah. Well, you know that. You know that. For me, I, I get like a, like a, uh, I don't say scorch, but like a scorched malt component, like the malt, like a darker malt. Burnt, I guess. Not burnt, but burnt. Like like toasting. <clears throat> yeah, what you were know the, what I mean? What were the malts that you used on yours? So on this one here, uh, particular malts were 14 pounds of two-row, mm-hmm. and then I used four ounces of uh, Crystal 60, and then corn sugar, obviously. Okay. What was your sponge? Um, on this one, I believe it was... Uh, about four, four gallons or so. Uh, one sixty-eight. But I, I did mash higher. So usually yeah. on the other ones I mashed about one fifty, one fifty-one, and this one was a hundred and fifty-four degree mash. So okay. dead on. I use a thermo pen on top, and then I go off. Yeah, John, if you're gonna talk, yeah, <laughs> right, thank you. That's all right. That's all right. Go ahead and ask your question again. How accurate is sparge? How accurate is your sparge? So I measure everything uh, based on the temperature of the sparge heater or the uh, – right now I'm using a grain father. Mm-hmm. So I use the temperature, which that measures at the bottom of the uh, mash. Mm-hmm. And then I also use a thermopin, which on is top. supposedly super accurate on so, top. Yeah. So you probably got like a four-degree difference, maybe five. 
it actually matches almost dead on. So mm-hmm. you might want to sparge a little bit less because of the burnt characteristic when you're rinsing over. Do you think that could have to do with the mash temperature though of going from 150 to 154 on this one? No, because it's burnt. It tastes burnt. It doesn't. Taste- well, I think what I'm getting is a little more of a, a richer uh, caramelly flavor in the malt than than you get in the real piney. Yeah, and I think. I get- the um, the recipe I have calls for a crystal forty five as opposed to the crystal sixty and has some carapils in there too, but um, you know there's there's different versions of it out there. Uh, so yeah, it's um, it, it doesn't use a lot of crystal malt. It's mostly two row and sugar, you know, and, and and a little bit of carapils and a little bit of crystal I mean, forty. Even something. looking at the color, it's not. Daniel's yeah. is a little darker than than the plain, so maybe maybe you maybe do drop it down to crystal forty. Yeah, that's a good place to go. I think yeah. with that that'll help with the sweetness too. Um, uh, okay, we got to take a break, Dan. Do you have uh, any questions for the guys that we haven't really covered yet? Out of this time. Okay. Perfect. Well, all right. Forever hold your peace. Um, okay, this is Dr. Homebrew. We're going to come back. We're going to talk about Pliny the Elder, the actual one. We're going to do a little commercial calibration here. Uh, we have a bottle in front of us and a frontal in bottom of us. I don't know. Beer at the bar. Um, and then we'll try to get uh, some from the keg. It's Dr. Homebrew. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Hello, fellow BNers. This is Sully from the 21st Amendment Brewery located in San Francisco, just two blocks from Giants Park. Before Nico and I opened the 21A and before I was a professional brewer, I homebrewed on my small four-burner apartment stove in a back house in Santa Monica, California, making my extract brews before graduating to the daunting idea of all-grain brewing. Homebrew books and information was hard to come by back then. The Internet hadn't been invented yet, along with other things we take for granted today, like electricity and potable water. One thing I wish I had back then when I was learning was a radio show that could teach me the ins and outs of brewing and answer questions that I had about homebrewing, a resource for making great craft beer. The 21st Amendment Brewery is excited to be a proud sponsor of Dr. Homebrew, a great show that teaches you what you need to know about making incredible beer. Good stuff. Listen up. You might learn something. I certainly did. And thanks for your support. Tasty Crack Games. Since the first time the Brewing Network microphones turned on, more beer was behind it. More Beer sponsors the programming on the BN because, like you, they love brewing. And like the Brewing Network, they love sharing their knowledge. MoreBeer.com isn't just a website to place your next equipment or ingredient order. MoreBeer.com also gives you access to free beer information that will make you a better brewer. Go to MoreBeer.com and click into the Learning Center. You'll find podcasts, technical facts, video tutorials, and more, including access to The Buzz, More Beer's social network of more than 5,000 members. And some of them might even be crazier about beer than you are. Get over to morebeer.com today and take advantage of the buzz the forum the learning center and make sure you're signed up to receive the newest more beer catalog more beer bringing you absolutely everything for beer making now back to the examination All right, thanks for sticking with us, everybody. About to drink some Pliny here, but uh, before we do that, I do want to tell you guys 
about the Brew Guru app. The AHA has released an app. It's called the Brew Guru. It delivers sage brewing knowledge and money-saving deals at breweries, beer bars, and homebrew supply shops. Now, you don't need to be a, an AHA member to use it, but if you're not an AHA member, then... You know, that's just stupid because this app is like uh, it's like a whole nother membership, man. You put in your membership card information in there. Then whenever you get the alert that, hey, there's a brewery nearby that's giving you the uh, giving you the the discount. Then you go in there and you just show them your phone and um, and you get the uh, you get the, the discount. So it's pretty cool. Brew Guru app. Check it out. It's free all over the place. So, uh, you know, you don't have to pay for it. So don't worry about that. Uh, is that from the uh, the keg there? We brought you an IPA. Oh, great. I can't wait. I'm excited about this. It's pretty interesting, though. I mean, we have a bottle and a keg version at the same time. So And a homebrew version. And a homebrew version. Okay, so commercial calibration. Brian, remind me again. What is the point of our commercial calibration? It's where we, uh, we BS about a beer in a way that makes you feel like you're a beer judge judging along with us. And you like to... Um, That's true. Uh, learn the the language of the beer. Learn the the terms and the the balance of a beer. The overall yeah. impression of what makes the, makes a beer tick. Very good. Or you can just sit at home and read the guidelines <laughs> yeah, over a nice way. tasty pint of something. Um, okay. Well, let's try this plenty from the bottle. Let's try the bottle version first, huh? What do we think about it? It's pretty fresh. Yeah, the bottle on the 21st, which actually this episode was supposed to release on the 21st, which uh, it didn't, but, you know, who cares? I would say, you know, it, seem, you know, it seems like it's a prominent hop aroma, but it probably is, like you said, it might. it's probably still the last year's crop that they're going through. And yeah, when you get that switch crop. over, you might get a, a little boost where it comes yeah. back up. They're stored well, but yeah, it's yeah, not they, the, the same thing. And even even when they get over the next year's crop, who knows like when they finish off with the previous year's crop sort of thing. You know, that's like one of the fun things about like celebration. And it's not like super hoppy like this, but it's always like this is this year's crop we're using for you know Sierra Nevada celebration. I don't know why. Hmm. Like, why am I like like am I going <laughs> to start working for Sierra Nevada soon? Like, hey, what about the Sierra Nevada <laughs> October <laughs> fest? Like, it's what a, the hell? Like, yeah. Anyway, um, it's no, pay to I, play with Keith, dude. Yeah, but so. you, you never know. Like, how many, you know, like, how many you're blending with hops. And you know, we even did this when we were brewing together, Brian. It was like, yeah, let's yeah. do some of this and some of this Amarillo together and try to find something. You're like, let's not use that Amarillo at all. All <laughs> this Amarillo <laughs> does not smell fresh at all to me. Yeah. But no, I think I get a good nose of Amarillo on this. Like, uh, a lot of orange uh, on the bottled version. Um, and I think more than actually the, the draft version, I get some, some orange notes. Yeah, orange pith it feels more citrusy than piney, which, you know, normally I get a lot of pine off of it, a lot of pine and resin. This is citrus and tropical and a little stone fruit, maybe a little melon underneath it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't see how people can drink this fucking beer. It's man. not super grassy. The the hop, you know, the way they dry hopped it is, is, is you know, just to the point of being enough and... Um, High enough to, to say, whoa, here's some hops. Wah. But, um, yeah, it's not not super light. Like just a field of grass being rubbed in your face. Yeah, for sure. You got another bottle. All right. Is there going to be a bottle difference? <laughs> or these guys are just drinking too much? They, actually have, the same, they have the same dates. And I, I could have gotten today. I went to the store to buy some of these. Uh, there's like a block from, a block from where I live. They always have plenty there. And it's not. 
Yeah. You only buy it when someone's coming into town or I need to go somewhere and someone's going to be you know, excited about that. I'll buy it. And I noticed they, were, they had different, late, the different dates on them, and I, I bought both the same dates. It would probably have been more fun to buy a week difference because one was the 21st yeah. and one was the 14th. It would be kind of fun to have, to have both, but I didn't do no. that. Well, you're fun at adverse. So, so this is fun. another... Nine twenty one. Nine twenty one. Two of the yeah. same. I think two of the, the freshest. Which you know, I normally do. I go into a store and I I root around and, and pull <laughs> bottles from the back. Uh, You're you that know. guy. You got to. I do the same yeah. fucking thing, dude. Yeah. I do the you same know, thing. Yeah. yeah. So it's kind of okay. So uh, so we we've, we've been through the aroma. <clears throat> There's definitely a lot of um, a lot of fruity esters in here. Now this one doesn't have that kind of juicy fruit like impression to it. It's more of just kind of basic um, apple pear kind of uh, light wow. fruitiness to it. Not super intense, just kind of medium-low esters, um, kind of balancing underneath all the alcohol and the hops that are there. The hops definitely went out. These beers are, are, are definitely, both the draft and the bottle are brilliantly clear. Do they do they filter? Um, I'm not sure about that, yeah. It looks... I would so, imagine. Yeah. This one's a little bit <clears throat> What is the uh, beer style? What is the um, the number on this? It's a 22A in the, 22A. In the 2015 guidelines. Double IPA. Strong American ale. Oh, double IPA. There we go. Yep. Why wouldn't it be under IPA? Why Why, why is there no double it's a IPA strong American. Under- yeah, yeah. That's retarded. That's just the way they classified it. They needed something else to put with the uh, the barley wines and stuff, I guess. So, so from, what I, from what I read online, Benny uh, said that anything he serves in the pub brew house whatever mm-hmm. is only fine with gelatin and anything that's sold in the bottle that's shipped out to stores is uh it goes through a centrifuge oh, okay mm. so i know a lot of vegetarians i saw posts yeah. ask that so huh okay all right that's good to know yeah so it's different in the in the pub versus what goes to the bottles so yeah. in the aroma, um, it's you know we've been through the hops, but it's saying that um, some clean malty sweetness might be found in the background. Do we get any of that? Just a light breadiness um, and a hint of tiny hint of caramel, but not not richly sweet at all. Okay, a little darker. Yeah, it's hard but, for me to get past all the hops. Yeah, I mean that's kind of the point of the style. That's kind yeah. of why this sort of defined the style is that it was something new in that there it was just focused on the hops and there wasn't yeah. like a lot of uh, you know, caramel, or you know, it wasn't a big malty backbone to it. It was really a, a showcase for hops. So you really you put a really clean, a clean sort of uh, sheet there with just hey, I'm going to throw some. I mean, you know, just some pale malt, maybe a little bit of crystal, just a tiny bit for color, to make it a little bit more uh, appealing in terms of. Uh, looking at it, it looks it is a beautiful looking beer, but it, it's meant to be focused on the hops and not have that sort of balance like that that the IPAs from the '90s probably had with a bunch of crystal yeah. underneath. Yeah, and you know, yeah. someone could say that you know a one man one man's balance is another man. I don't know what that <laughs> saying is going to be, but it's something along those lines where people hate like crystal malt in hop and IPAs now and. I understand, and, and uh, you know, and it get, gets a lot closer to a barley when you start doing something like that, with having a lot of residual body and. Yeah, you can. Uh, it also says that uh, some alcohol can usually be noted in the aroma, which I get. In oh this. yeah, and yeah. I don't know if it's the the glass. And sometimes again, you can get a little sweetness terrible. from that too, like the yeah. alcohol has a slightly sweet presentation. 
I'm getting a little maltiness in the, in this though too because I mean if you just smelled a hop tea or something, you know it would smell different than than what you've got here, which has a little bit of an undertone of a, a malt to balance it and a, a fair amount of alcohol alcohol in your face. Um, okay, color. Let's go to appearance. Uh, ranges from uh, golden to light orange copper. What would you say this is? Straw. This is pretty, urine. Pretty light gold. Yeah, yeah this is light like, gold. Yeah, light gold. I think is. Light to medium gold. Yeah. Okay. Medium light gold. Uh, flavor. Hop flavor is strong and complex and can reflect characteristics of modern American or New World hop varieties. Well, obviously, yeah. it has a strong and complex hop flavor, and it really is kind of like a like a, like a hop bell curve. It's just kind of just this arc. So, yeah, they flavors. use a lot of uh, Simcoe in the beer. Uh, there's a lot of CTZ in the beer, so you get kind of that. That piney, resiny thing up front, and um, sometimes if you dig a little bit, you can get some a little bit of garlic dankness mm-hmm. in there. Um, it's not onion. heavy in there, yeah, but I'm not getting that yet at all. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. not like yeah. And that's I think a lot of that. I get know, a little bit of it. Actually, I'd, from the CTZ. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I think C, Z, C, yeah, I can't even say it. CTZ gives me kind of a diesel fuel sort of thing most times when I when I I taste it or you know especially when dry hopped. Uh, I don't think they dry hop with CTZ. Do they? Yeah, I feel like I got a little more of a fuely thing out of the bottle. The the the, um, the kegged version seems a little almost, a little less. Almost a keg Oh, we don't know. Go ask the bar staff. <laughs> it, uh, it's the probably keg, around the same time the, though. Yeah. No, the, no, the keg was on at least last week. It said just Monday. tapped when we walked in. Mm. So I'm sure they went through that one from last Monday. Yeah, but I don't think they got two deliveries. They probably one after the other. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So it's probably, lot, I mean, we could have uh, them really care. Yeah, so within the <laughs> last... Ask, but I really don't care. Yeah, like, I don't really give a shit. Eric's in the other room, but Get I don't really care. some bar staff in here. We want to interview the bar no, staff. I, I don't want to do that. <laughs> What's interesting is the keg flavor tastes very... Sub- very... That's all relative. It tastes more subdued than the bottle. How the bottle is... temperature? I mean... Hmm. Yeah. I don't know, because one uses... Bio. On the mic, Jonathan. I, I heard one uses bile and one doesn't use bile. I heard that, too. Yeah. <laughs> so the bottle was a, a lot more fuller than the cake version, I've noticed. Like full bot, like full hop aroma, is that full you mean? Hop. Yeah. The other one's a little bit more watery. Yeah, it is, like the bitterness seems a little lower in the yeah, keg version. A lot lower. I I would act, well I could I, I I never will but I could drink some of the keg version. I couldn't drink the bottle version. It's way too a like hot bitter, bitter astringent to me. I can't I, I don't. It's it's not enjoyable at at, at honestly at all. <laughs> I actually like the bottle better. <laughs> yeah, I like the keg better. It's a little more oomph. Yeah, yeah. The, the keg seems a little smoother. It is, yeah. It's very um, refined. This is this is cool, man. How many times do you get to do this shit? That's pretty red. It's, it's really good. Um, no juicy one fruit. A week older, that would have been more fun just to have one that was like, <laughs> hey, what is how week, many what does Pliny, a week do? Yeah. Right, Pliny in the same exact environment. You well, know, it's really interesting to taste aged double IPAs too. I mean, they're they're not always good, but it's 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 just weird how different they get after a year. You know, be like, oh, I forgot I had this beer. Oh crap! <laughs> and you drink it, and it's like. Yeah, that's not at all the same beer. Yeah, because, like, okay, you go, you read the flavor, right? A long lingering bitterness is usually present in the aftertaste, but should not be harsh. I get that in the in the in the bottle, and actually, I would say I would call that for me for my palate harsh as fuck. Feels harsh the, to the, you. Yeah, the keg <laughs> I wouldn't call harsh at all. 
I would, call, I would call it very smooth. I would, I would I, call a cake more of like a pill if I was I really think they need to update the guidelines to say that it should not be harsh as fuck. <laughs> Just AF. Because that's what all the kids yeah. say now. But, I, you know, I think that it's, it's something that's actually been turning, too. The guidelines, have, you know, they've been out for a couple of years now, and I think people are moving away from the the big hot bitterness. It'd be kind of fun like, somehow to, like, uh, get a bottle of Pliny from five years ago and see how bitter it is compared to now. <laughs> like, you know, has, has it changed? And are they now moving toward the more modern tastes of let's dial our... Our IPAs back a little bit, and not have them be so so bitter. I, wonder, I would think yeah. if, if anybody would would be honest about answering that, it would be Vinny. Yeah. I think I think that's a question you could just throw right at him. Call him up. Okay, I'll, I'll get him right on the, the Vinny line. <laughs> um, okay, that big red button over there, right? Yeah. Have we tackled flavor? You think? <clears throat> um, no. Okay. Um, so the part of the part of the flavor, well, they listen in flavor, but to me, it's also kind of a mouthfeel thing. Yeah. Is the and it's a key to the style. Is the dryness of the beer? It needs to be dry as fuck, right? Okay, as JP would say. Yeah, I would say I, that. that's really important, and it that's really, kind of why the 154 thing was kind of a weird, like, hey, let's try what they did, but you know, what maybe I don't know, was it the brewing sheet or was it actually what they were trying to do? You know, is it the recipe or did somebody fuck up that day and they missed the mash temp somehow and they got to 154? Um, or maybe they add more sugar than most people do, or you know, whatever. Like, there's a balance there. Brian is saying is like, yeah, mash temp is one thing, and then there's also sugar, and the, the goal is to keep it keep it really dry. And and know, how like, happy your yeast is, everything. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And but, and there's ways you know make more alcoholic, higher alcohol beers not taste like they're alcoholic beer sort of thing. You know, that's yeah, happy that's yeast. Fermentation, obviously, fermentation control. You know, there's a lot of you know things like that. that That's are, what this beer is. It's it's deceptive in that it's it's very smooth and easy to drink, and it just goes down, and you want another sip, and you can drink it, but you don't realize it's an eight percent beer. If it if it finished a little higher, you know, like the other example we had, or other certain IPAs are a little sweeter, have a little more caramel in them, you have to drink them a little more slowly. But Pliny is just the malt is super light. It's very dry. It finishes around. 1011 per some of the information out there from 1072 to 1011 you know get to that eight percent and it just dries out you get some alcohol but it's not hot it's just smooth and it goes down and then the hops are there to balance everything and then it just dries out and it's gone you take another sip and you yeah. can go through a pint of it no problem two pints of it mm. no problem no, three no. pints of it and then you're uh, starting to slur your words and then uh, <laughs> right. it's time to call uber <laughs> Uh, I'll tell you what. Let's take a break real fast, and we'll get we'll get into mouthfeel and then kind of the overall impressions, and and uh, kind of go from there. Sounds uh, good. All right, hang on, everyone. We'll be right back. Do you know the three most important rules in brewing? Sanitation, sanitation, and sanitation. And no one does it better than Five Star Chemicals. Five Star knows sanitation. You can only sanitize clean equipment. And Five Star knows how to clean, too. For craft brewers and home brewers, Five Star has what you need to keep your fermenters, serving tanks, kegs and draft lines sparkling and free of any beer-spoiling bacteria. PBW, caustic, acid cleaners, star sand, Santa Clean, lubricants and defoamers, pH stabilizers, and more. Five Star Chemicals has cleaning supplies, safety supplies, heat exchangers, pumps, hoses, and valves. And Five Star is proud to offer eco-friendly products that exceed customer expectations. If you have a cleaning problem, you need the Five Star Solution. Visit FiveStarChemicals.com or call 800-782-7019. 800-782-7019. And get the Five Star 
for treatment today. Are you a member of the White Labs Customer Club? If not, you should be. It's the easiest way to earn free stuff for turning in your old homebrew labels from either vials or pure pitch. All you have to do is save your labels and redeem them for things like free yeast, an exclusive White Labs t-shirt or sweatshirt, and even the opportunity to brew with the yeast man himself, Chris White. Signing up is easy. Just go to whitelabs.com slash customer club, fill out the registration form, and then mail in your labels. They will return the favor by sending you awesome White Labs swag. Go sign up today at whitelabs.com slash customer club. White Labs, pure yeast and fermentation since 1995. I'm sorry to tell you this, but we're going to have to pour you out. Back to Dr. Homebrew. All right, we're still here, still talking about Pliny the Elder, which is uh, not my favorite segment. But, hey, you know what? Someone has to do the hard work around here, Brian. Well, it is a classic commercial example of a beer style, a 22A, so here we go. That's true. That's true. All right, so mouthfeel. That's where we left off. Medium light to medium body with a smooth texture, medium to medium high carbonation. No harsh hop-derived astringency. Restrained, smooth, alcohol warming, acceptable. Yep, it does have all of that. It ticks all the boxes, right? <laughs> it, no, so for the style, it is medium light bodied, for, and for an 8% beer, you know, you wouldn't expect that, but it is medium light bodied. It yeah, feels and, and they, lighter than it should they be. They define that pretty much. I think that was one of the things that this beer really did was define the medium light body for a, dub, a double IPA. I think they did a great job Oh, on for that. sure, you know, yeah. It's like, it's, you know, that's what makes it fun, and it's like, that's what makes it so drinkable, and that's what, you know, versus something like a barley wine, you're like, I used to love barley wines, and you're like, man, you know, double IPA and sometimes scratches that same itch where, you know, it would have been like, hey, I want to have a Bigfoot, but a Bigfoot, you were like, oh, I want to have a four ounces or five ounces of it, like Brian yeah. was saying, I want to have two pints of a, a double IPA, you know, so that's that's kind of the, the fun part about making this beer. It's like, like the, the Michael Jackson quote, you know, to, barley wine is to be sipped in half pints by the fire or something in the middle of the winter. Well, that's, I'm totally butchering the quote, but there's a really good Michael Jackson quote. Yeah. Little children, what? You, you know, know Plenty the Elder is to be swilled in pints at your favorite tasting room. And, uh, and Eric uh, came in and said that uh, this keg was from September 8th. September 8th. So it's a couple weeks older. Yeah. Okay. It I seems like it's definitely, you know, it's either treated differently or it's smoothed out a little bit. Do you think that explains, that's not very long. That's what, I mean, you wouldn't expect 14, the bitterness to drop back days? that much over that little time. And no, it's still no, no. very no. fresh, Pliny. So I, I think it's still safe to say the keg version is different than the bottle version. And I think you're going to find that no matter. I mean, this is pretty, I think you're, this is pretty much as close to each other as you're going to get date-wise. Keg, keg the bottle, right? How 14, close are you going to get to each days? other on a date? I don't know. Yeah, it depends on how much twins fucking playing. <laughs> and now to confuse things more, do you want to taste Keith's double IPA? No, I don't. It's actually pretty good. Yeah, actually, but uh, we're doing the double. We're doing Pliny though as our commercial calibration. So let's not let's not cloud the issue strange. here okay. right now. <laughs> so we just got through the mouthfeel. The mouthfeel. So here are the comments for this. It says a showcase for hops, yet remaining quite drinkable. Eh, I don't know about that. The adjective <laughs> double is arbitrary and simply implies a stronger version of an IPA. Imperial extra extreme or any other variety of adjectives would be equally valid. Although the modern American market seems to have now coalesced around the double term. 
You think so, really? I, I guess I think Imperial still seems to be more. I don't know, maybe I'm wrong. I always thought Imperial was a little more common than Double. Yeah. So a little more history on Pliny. The uh, the the very first <laughs> Brian. Sorry, your comments were boring me. Yeah, go ahead. It's fine. Um, it was called inaugural ale, and they the first time they brewed it, they released it and. Um, they brewed at the Blind Pig Brewery in Temecula, California, June 23, 1994. And um, so it was just first just a kind of a one-off beer. And um, no one else was doing this kind of thing back in 94. And I think just, that's the history of Blind Pig. I don't think that's the history of Pliny. Uh, oh, you're right. Oh, God, I'm fucking smart. Wow. You're smart. Yeah. I, I so his first very... double IPA was called Inaugural Ale. Yeah. That wasn't the Pliny. Okay, got no. it. <clears throat> this blind pig, and yes, yada yada. Okay, I'll shut up now. I, I do remember a beer. It was kind of fun. There was a, a, a and it's in it's in the IPA book, but um, it, it's it's a, a good read. It's not you know the best read ever, but it's a it's definitely a good read. There's not a ton of you know it's more it's more fun for the history actually the IPA the IPA book in the brewing series, uh, but it, there was a one called right. VIP. And it was down in a place in Covington, Kentucky, right across the board, you know, right across the river from Cincinnati. And basically, it was one of the first beers made, maybe, maybe the first beer made at that brewery. And the brewer totally overshot, you know, in, the, in terms of efficiency, uh, his IPA he was making. And it ended up being like a 10, 1080 IPA in 1995 or 96 or whatever year that was. Maybe it was actually 97, now that I think about it. Um, but uh, so he overcome, you know, he's like, okay, it's the gravity's way high. Let me just add more hops to it, and then just like you know, bitter the hell out of it. And it was more focused on bittering than it was on flavor. But it still was a really fun beer, and that it was like a 1080 beer that was pale, uh, more of a modern <coughs> IPA, but with a ton of hops. And he did use English hops, which was kind of fun as well. I revisit that at some point, but yeah. uh, it was kind of neat. Yeah, and it was like it was just an accident, but it was like, yeah, this is this is cool, and then people. People loved it. The people were talking about it for like weeks, and he made another batch of it too, just because it was like, wow, that's, you know, what is this? There, you know, this is crazy, hoppy, kind of barley wine sort of thing, but it's not, you know, it, it's drinkable, and uh, yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun. And I went down there a couple of times and tried it, and you know, I said people were just like, hey, you gotta get down there and get down to this place uh, and, and try this beer. And the guy it was Tim Rastetter was the guy, hmm. and he was a, a big brewer, worked at Great Lakes, and worked at a lot of places like. Uh, around the Midwestern area, but it was a really great uh, brewery. He's still alive. He's not dead. Cool. Uh, that was around 97, you said? Uh, I think it was around 97, yeah. yeah. Cool. Yeah, so the 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 first double IPA Vinny did, the inaugural thing in 94, and then they, they brewed, you know, they basically took their the blind pig IPA, doubled the hops, literally, and raised the malt bill by 30% or so. So it's not like double everything. It's mostly just double the hops with, you know, a little more malt, a little more... Um, you know, strength. <laughs> and yeah. um, so then they, uh, you know, some other breweries started making double IPAs like Rogue and Stone. And um, then the first Pliny was in 2001. And they had, they started the, the um, IPA festival in, at the Bistro. Okay. No. Hayward. Cares. All right. So uh, the Bistro double IPA festival. We right. had 12 entries. Okay. Including All the right, first Brian. Thank you, Brian. Pliny the Elder. Brian, thank you very much. Wikipedia, Brian, ladies and gentlemen. No. Can you imagine if this would, instead of uh, was a double IPA or Imperial, it was just extreme. Imagine if we had that fucking mid nineties marketing. 
That would be uh, atrocious. Well, let's um, hear ingredients real fast. Clean two-row malt, of course. We all know that for sure. Sugar or other highly fermentable adjuncts are often used to increase attenuation, as are lower-temperature mash rests, which so that's interesting. Dan, that um, they're calling lower temperature, but you you read the recipe as a higher mash. That's interesting. I don't know. The internet, man. It'll fuck you up. Sometimes there's weird stuff out there on the internet. <laughs> yeah, like this. JP. Like this show. Uh, complex variety of hops, uh, blah, blah, blah. Okay, well, let's grade it, because that's what we do. Oh, other examples of the style. Uh, Avery Maharaja, Fathead's Hop Juju, Firestone Walker, Double Jack, Port Brewing's Hop 15, Stone Ruination, Three Floyds, Dreadnought. Double, Double Jack's already been retired. If I, if I you know, it's it's now oh, really? brew pub only. They stopped putting it out in bottles, and I actually really enjoyed that. It was an old school one too, with like Centennial and and uh, other hops like that. Uh, I can't remember the other hops in it, but it was actually really enjoyable. But they did retire that too, because mm. it was like, yeah, it's not, it's not itching the current market's needs anymore, and yeah. it was kind of unfortunate. Um, what was your question? Um, well, I think we're gonna. We should give them a score. I think oh, we should score. give yeah, the bottle yeah. a score, and I think we should give the keg version a score. Hmm. What do you think? Because they're to me, they're different. If you put these both in front of me, I would think they're different beers. I'm getting more of the the diesel thing that you mentioned in the bottled version that comes through a little more strongly. I'm definitely getting a little fuel like thing in that that isn't in the keg. It's just smoother and... and um, you know what fuel does? Cleaner. It moves you. Like the, bottle, the bottle version is, is super clear, though. I don't get a diesel thing in, any, in anything, in either of them. And actually, it looks like the keg version is a little darker than the bottle version. Oxidation, possibly? I don't know. Maybe. Well, my glass of the, the, the keg version started out fuller, and now it's emptier. So I'm going to rate that higher. <laughs> okay, good. And I'm going to be in the opposite because I, I like the actual fresh, fresher hop character in the uh, bottle version. I thought the, I for me, I think a double IPA is meant to focus on the hops. And if I were judging it in a competition, I would take the beer that they were equally well made. I would take the beer that had more focus on the hops. Okay. So I, I would. I, I, Jonathan, Jonathan agrees. And I, and the bottle is more fuller, better beer. Yeah. It dropped slightly, but you know, in the keg version, but it, it's not stale. It's still, it's still prominent. It's still it's right little, there. I think it's a little watery. A little watery. Yeah, a little bit. Okay, well, let's give it a score. Let's I think score, the bitterness is a little these. lower in the keg version, and I, I don't know if that was just yeah, if it dropped back or if it was just a batch variation or something. But scores, scores. Think? They're both classic examples. Yeah, I go forty thirty eight forty for the bottle, thirty eight for the uh, draft. I'll go uh, 41 bottle, 42 keg. I go, there we go, 38 draft. On the mic. On the mic, Jonathan, god damn it. I'm not going to tell you again. 38 draft and on the bottle, 40. And I think Keith... Uh, okay, that's not, that's not part of the equation, John. <laughs> How about if you mix them together? Dan, what do you think, man? Throw, just jump in here. Well, as a non... Professional beer judge, I would yeah. say the keg is definitely better than the bottle. Keg's better than the bottle, right? But I've also tasted, uh, my brother lives in L.A., so I've tasted versions that he got that were a lot fresher than I got down here. Yeah. And I, I think that uh, the bottle, the fresher, the better. Yeah. That's my opinion. But I've also had a keg like I have tonight, and I think it's better than the bottle. So it's just, it's just <clears> fresher tasting to me. 
I mixed them together, and it's 41 and a half. I just found that half point. Yeah, I get that, that average. Yeah, I, I would go 41 bottle, 42 keg also. I think the keg okay. is just, it's a little bit, it's a little bit, I don't know, for me. Less hoppy. Yeah, for me, the bottle is harsh. The bitterness is more the prominent for sure. Really, in the it's, one. It, for me, it's too harsh. I, I, I don't. I, it's not enjoyable at all. It's not balanced at all. And I know uh, to double IP, it's not supposed to be balanced in the true sense yeah. of the word. But as far as balance to the style, it's it's not that at all. When it's it, very rough. Yeah, when it first comes out, it can be a little green. It can be you know, it's it's meant to be served fresh, but in the bottle, you know, it's it's super fresh. It's just right out of the fermenter almost, and and, and sometimes it can be a little biting, biting a little. A little stronger. I guess what I appreciate, smelling. though, is that JP actually just gave it, like, a really high score and still said he doesn't like to drink it, which is something that's really important to note. Like, like you know, He's when judging reached. beer... I'm amazing. Like, you meet... You're, you're a representative of somebody who could be a good beer judge. I would leave it at that. Being able to say, like, hey, I don't really necessarily like this beer, but it, it does a very good job of representing the style. I think that's important. Like, I may, yeah. I may not necessarily like international amber lager. Uh, you know, but it's if it you know, I, and I do actually. I don't really just like any styles. <laughs> I, you know, I do, I do like a lot of style. There's a, yeah. almost nothing I don't like. But like, if there's something I don't like, you know, I can still judge it and be like, that's that's pretty much spot on what it should taste like. I've tasted a, a Dos Equis or you know, you know, whatever the, the hell, yeah. you know. And that might not even be the good example of that. I think it is actually. I think Negro Modelo is, is not fitting that. But anyway. Uh, you know, it's like something like that. You're like, yeah, that's cool. I, I, I know what it should taste like, and this tastes like that. And yeah, that's man. a good score, but I wouldn't want to drink it, like, maybe ever. Like, I wouldn't have a sip of it and, like, yeah, yeah cool. No, I'm good it. with it. I'm yeah. good with it. Yeah. And I learned early on doing the shows, man, it, you know, I, I'm going to have to drink a lot of beer. And I'm going to have to give my opinion on it, and it needs to be it needs to be accurate. It needs to come yeah. with some sort of scholastic weight, some sort of like thing, you know. So yeah, if it came out tasting like a barley wine, you would score it poorly. Right. It's it's not meant to be that sweet or that rich. You know, if you have a complex grain bill, it's just it's going to be wrong. It's going to be wrong. So you man. want it to be simple. You know, mostly base malt, dry, enough alcohol that you can taste that, and. Again, yeah. dry, so you want another sip. Yeah. That's yeah, there's, the a, there's some double IPA right now. Lots of hops. For you that, uh, <laughs> All the glasses are dirty, dude. Sorry. Oh, I don't know. The water glass wah. over there. Oh, I can't even deal Bummer. with it. This one's actually kind of fun, though, because it's uh, 50% Vienna malt as a base. Oh, maybe and, I'll try uh, a little bit of it, then. Just a little bit. Uh, two row. Uh, all right. Thanks a lot, everybody, for tuning in here. I have three. I have four. Eric, I have four glasses of double IPA in front of me. I don't know what the fuck's going on. I have four glasses of double IPA. This is not fun for me. So wrong. I have four glasses of double IPA in front of me. Who am I? Besides a total asshole. Yeah. Knock him back. Knock him back. My favorite thing to do is comment. I'm like leaving shitty puns. On. So Aaron is uh, off in Germany or whatever, and I'm leaving tons of terrible puns on his fucking Facebook page, and it makes me it makes me feel good about myself. Uh, all right, everybody, this has been Doctor Homer. Oh wait, Thanks. yes. Doesn't Dan win something? Yes, Dan wins the Grog Tag gift certificate. There you go, Dan. Congratulations. Woo! Okay, let me start over. Let me wind myself up again. All right, everybody. Thanks a lot for tuning in. This has been Dr. Humber. Dan, thank you very much for coming in and providing your double IPA, your Pliny clone. 
uh, again for and sitting here in the chair. Inspiring this mess. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, the cucumber pills are not for you. <laughs> yeah, that's Last true. episode, that was, that was, I remember as if it were yeah. no more than an hour ago. It's right. going back multiple weeks over and over again. All right, everybody. Uh, we'll see again. you next time. Cheers.